What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward with Sean Fallen, a consultant at The Clearing, a cutting-edge firm based in D.C. that focuses on everything from entrepreneurship to leadership to increasing government efficiency through shared services. Prior to this, Sean ran his own independent consulting operation, working on everything from engagement with millennials to defining business strategy. Sean, how are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. I don't know. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. I know you and I, you and I have spoken a couple of times, and I'm really excited to have you share your story with our listeners. So I want to dive right in. Can you tell a little bit about yourself and share a little bit of your career journey with our listeners? Uh, absolutely. I'd be happy to. So, so currently, I'm a management consultant for a firm in D.C. called The Clearing. And uh, I do a lot of work in leadership, a lot of work getting, getting teams aligned and organized and all that stuff. But my, my journey to this point has been a little all over the map. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I think back to uh, some of the experiences I had as uh, a high schooler and in college as being very formative to, to where I am right now. Um, and, and in fact, my, I, I think I may have told you, but uh, my favorite job ever, and, and perhaps the one that I, I reflect on most often, is uh, back in high school. I was a baker. Oh, really? And yeah, yeah. It was. I was. I was working. In, it was a twenty-four hour baking operation. We were making bread and pastries for um, actually many of the of the major chains here in the D.C. capital region, and it was it was a blast. There was a great. A great community. I, I really loved working for uh, the family that owned the bakery, and I loved the people that I worked with. And then I also just loved the 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 whole experience of of making bread, of of, of taking these seemingly very separate parts of water and and flour and and yeast and salt, and then combining them to, combining them together. And then after some sort of crazy chemical reaction, it turns into something that you can you can eat. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. So it was sort of like magic. I felt a little bit like a magician. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I, you know, that that really inspired me to understand. I, I after that role, or I don't even say role. I mean, that was a high school job. But after that, I I became a a maitre d at a at a French restaurant, mm-hmm. and that was a shock. That was I'd never worked in the restaurant industry before. That's and, tough. That yeah. is a tough business of our industry to be in. Oh my gosh! I have such an appreciation for people who are uh, in the service industry. But what I learned from my time there was really the importance of relationships. How how to talk to somebody, especially too if they're upset with you, and and really manage through that. Um, all the while making sure you know the bar's stocked and there's right. ingredients in the refrigerator and and all that stuff that goes along with the the back of the house. Uh, that many people don't see. Yeah. So, so those are those are two kind of unrelated ex- but formative experiences for me. Yeah. Um, 
as how, I how did that I mean so you've got a very interesting background and I think that's really really cool and I love speaking to guests who have done so many different things so how did you end up in consulting and and the clearing is such a great company you and I have a, a common friend Yasmin who uh, I'm I'm trying to get on the show we've been trying to schedule this for a long time and I'm glad <laughs> she's I got so you. busy yeah she's so busy and yeah. uh, but uh, so talk a little bit about how you ended up at the clearing and talk a little bit about some of the work you're doing you're doing so much work uh, you know, with leaders and organizations, and also talk a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing. You know, connecting millennials to different companies and uh, leadership. Absolutely. So, so after uh, actually, it was, it was sort of coming up on the on the end of college. I had a few job offers lined up, and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Uh, they they were some well, some were cooler than others. Some of the offers were cooler than others, admittedly. Um, and in about, I don't know, maybe two weeks before graduation, there was uh, a guy by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a well-known yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he, we were using his wine, his daily video blog on wine in an elective class that I was in, it was, which was all about wine. We were you know, learning about grapes and varietals and uh, you know, what wine tastes like, et cetera. And so anyways, he comes in and he gives this amazing keynote speech about being an entrepreneur using social media to promote yourself and then just really taking on this 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 mantra of contribute to your clients contribute to your customers. Yeah. It was really powerful stuff. He also ended up giving away $100,000 worth of prizes, cash, <laughs> um, you know, $1,000 uh bar tabs to the local bar down wow. at Tag. I mean, that was that got my attention. So, yeah. <laughs> so whatever he's doing, I want to do that. So it took me onto this path into social media consulting. I, I turned down all my job offers and I said, you know what, I'm going to be a social media consultant and I'm just going to sort of borrow his methodology and add some of my own thoughts into it. And that's really how I got started in consulting. Uh, very quickly, I came to realize that what really grabs me about consulting is showing someone a way to do something that they hadn't necessarily considered before and not even really just considered but the way that they were working just wasn't even going to allow them to get there and so I immediately saw how the value of of having a consultant work with you was they can show you things about your operation about the way that you do business that you just don't have perspective on and and then together you're creating these new paths for these new strategies um or overcoming challenges that you thought were just not it was just impossible to to get through. So that was that was a big point for me when I realized that um, that was something that I wanted to pursue a career in. And <clears throat> the more I wrestled with that, the more I realized how a leader, uh, the person who sits at the top, or the person who's who's running a program or an initiative, they are. You know the the buck truly stops with them. So yeah. it it became for me the biggest leverage point to cause a, a result uh, for an organization was working with leaders. So that's how I ended up at the clearing. Um, I mentioned a little bit, uh, you know, in the intro that that we work directly with leaders. Uh, personally, I'm I'm working on a a shared services project for the U.S. government. Just a quick line about shared services. Uh, you know, uh, imagine, I think, I forget the exact number, but there are hundreds of agencies in the federal government. 
all of them have some back office functions that they must do, like payroll and delivering mail. But you know, you go to the the National Park Service, and and their forte is not delivering mail. Yeah. Um. They you know they should be taking care of you know our parks and our historic landmarks, and and so shared services is an effort to sort of consolidate all of those back office functions into certain you know centers of excellence where we can really you know just make it better make it more efficient so anyway so i do a lot of a lot of that oh, you've uh, got your work cut out for you there sean i know, I know. <laughs> essentially trying to make the government more efficient i love it that is great yeah yeah you start to learn um where <laughs> who's who's on board and who's not you yeah, know there's definitely. that's the that's a that's been a big uh insight for me is that while it sounds like a great idea, there's there's uh, an immense amount of possibility. Um, everyone everyone has a different perspective on what that future should look like. So, so I, I partner with uh, the leader of a shared services group and his his sort of line of business leaders to one help them think about the future of shared services in the government. What's it going to look like, and what kind of role do they want to play? And then two. They've got thousands of customers and thousands of users of their services, and how can they improve the customer experience so that people are actually, when they, when they engage with this shared service center, they're actually getting the service that they want, and it's solving the problems that they have, rather than um, being stuck with the, the I, I don't want to say stereotypical government service, but there is sort of this this perception that government services are, you know, just not as effective as, as uh, you know, if a private sector were to do it, a private sector company were to do it. So, so anyways, we're, it, it's, it's a very, 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 um, let's see, I, I, I don't want to say it's impossible, it's an impossible challenge, but it's one of those, those really big challenges of how do you make the government work better? How do you yeah. make it work smoother? How do you make it work more efficient? And and I have just you know the way I'm contributing to that is is helping leaders navigate all of those pitfalls and and crazy turns that uh, you know strategies can take. Absolutely, and that's pretty incredible undertaking, and it's great work that you're doing, Sean. So I got to ask you, you know, since you do so much and you've done so much, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a, um, I think there is a, a sometimes a misconception that that people who are doing great things don't have down days. Yeah, and I so I think one thing that I have to remind myself is that you know what there are some Mondays where I wake up and I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> why, <laughs> why am I yeah, yeah. <laughs> why am I doing this again? Um, but I think on the days when I do wake up and I and I. Um, and I have that energy and I have that passion and, and that, that sort of vigor for making a difference and making a contribution. It, it shows up when I, when I remember or somebody reminds me of what I'm doing and, and what's possible if I keep doing it. Yeah. I think there's a, a line of sight. Someone just shared that phrase with me. Um, when I have line of sight between the vision of what's going to happen and what I'm doing that very day, it's incredibly compelling to take action yeah. um and it's also compelling to bring others with you um Absolutely. 
it's 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 sort of your your ammo absolutely and i love what you shared about that is that you know the question looks at the day but you brought into it what is the bigger picture here i mean we're not just talking about today we're talking about down the road and i think that is so important i love that you brought in the phrase line of sight. So moving forward, listeners, what is your line of sight? You know, you're going to have those days where it's going to be hard to get motivated to get up. You'll have those Mondays, as we sometimes call them, the Monday blues. So what is your line of sight? And Sean, I think that's really, really important. So I really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners today. Of course. So Sean, as you know, part of that journey, I mean, the career journey is sometimes facing really difficult setbacks and failures. And, you know, I've spoken to so many people in different careers, entrepreneurs, and we all have them. We all have that moment where we think, oh my gosh, you know, am I going to be able to get over this hump? Am I going to be able to climb this mountain? So I was wondering if you could share with our listeners maybe a time in your career journey where you felt like you failed, where you hit that roadblock. But it ended up really being that turning point, that aha moment where you realize, okay, I'm going to have to make some shifts. I'm going to have to pivot. And that's going to take me to the right course. Absolutely. There's one uh, that jumps out to me right away. Um, so I, I, as I mentioned, I started my own sort of independent consulting operation upon graduation, which many people called, uh, you know, when I told them that I was consulting at the age of 22, they're saying, on what? Um, you don't have any gray hair. So, uh, but I, 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 I stayed in business for four, almost five years. And there came a point, though, sort of towards the end of that time where, I realized that if I really wanted to jump to the next level, I was going to have to find somebody that could teach me. Mm. Um, one, of the, one of the things I think that I sort of liked about being an entrepreneur was that I was my own boss. And, yeah. and I was sort of had the creative freedom to design projects. And, and you know, I love the fact that when you're consulting, people like to listen to you and sort of take your advice and mull it over and make changes to the way they work based on what you said. So it was, that was almost, um, intoxicating. And I think I, I got to a point, uh, where I started to bump up against the limits of my contributions to the organizations that I worked with. And it's not that anything failed, but it just, I realized if I wanted to be playing the, the big game that I knew I could play, I was going to have to get some training. I was going to have to join a team and find a coach that could uh, carry me to the championship. And uh, the the struggle that I had was I had a pretty good setup. <laughs> I was I was fully billable. I was um, I, I was I was making good money and and I had tons of flexibility traveling and and vacationing whenever you know I felt like it. But the it really just dawned on me one day that I. I wasn't, I wasn't learning. I wasn't progressing where I was at. Yeah. And um, I had I had a particular client who was actually probably it was my largest client, and they loved me and I loved them. But in that moment, I realized that if I stayed with that client, I was going to plateau. I wasn't going to be able to jump that curve. So I had to essentially quit, um, and I did. And I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I had the strangest experience happened when I got like when I 
moved what was stopping me out of the way, suddenly there was space for so much more to happen. And there was a sense of freedom. It, it was very, it was risky, it was scary, certainly. But there was also this sense of freedom and, and with that drive to actually go out to the, and, and reach out to get that next level. So that ended up leading me on a, a, a long sort of networking uh, push or extravaganza where I got back in touch with uh, some of the people that I knew here at the clearing. And the next thing you know, I was on a plane flying down to Raleigh every week for, uh, you know, as a subcontractor to the clearing, working on a project down in Raleigh. And then after that, they said, hey, would you come work for <laughs> Excuse me. Would you come work for us? I know you've been doing your own thing, but how about it? Come, you know, come train here. And I said, you know what? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. You know what I love about that, Sean, is uh, that your entrepreneurial journey, I mean, that's part of who you are. You know, on the one sense, yes, you can see it as, well, maybe I hit this plateau, especially when you recognize that with that one client. But the way I see it, and as you're telling the story, it's all part of who you are. I mean, that's all experience that you've brought to the clearing. And it sounds like to me that that's part of what they recognized in you, right? That, you know, yeah, you could see it as as a closed chapter. You may even see it as a failure, but it's more a matter of like you have this incredible, unique experience. And that's one of the things that I really want to impart to moving forward listeners is that not every venture, not every turn, not every choice you make is going to end up being that long-term thing. But it could be the step that will take you to where you want to go. And where you wanted to go, Sean, was that you really wanted to go to the next level up. And you recognize, I need a coach. I love that. You needed a coach. You needed a mentor. So here, you were able to clear that space. And then that opportunity came to you that might not have happened if you hadn't cleared that space first. So I think that's a really, really critical lesson for moving forward. Absolutely. I can't. And and it was just coincidental, too, that... I had been focusing on a clearing that space and the company that Pun I ended intended, up right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the company I ended up going to was called the clearing, the clearing which yeah. that's that's sort of the the fundamental um, philosophy that we bring to our clients is how do we help you clear the space so that you can actually look at your circumstances and make moves that make a difference. And the one thing, and I, I really have to point this out, you know, having known Yasmin and having gotten to know you, Sean, I mean, the clearing really is, you guys have such a unique way of looking at, I mean, there's so many, I mean, the word consulting gets thrown around in DC a lot, but what you all do is you really look at things with a fresh eye, whether you're working with different organizations, your work in shared services. So you really are, in many ways, you're bringing that entrepreneurial lens when you're looking at a an organization or a structure and you're you're working with these companies to figure out or these agencies to figure out how can we do this better how can we serve our clients or our customers better and i think that's the really cool part about your journey is that it's been the common thread from the very beginning starting back when you were working as a baker in high school absolutely i think um you know at the end of the day for any organization that has customers they are the defining factor of, or they are defining what success is. Yeah. So it's, it's so important to be in touch with them, engage with them, related to them so that you can actually solve their, their problems. Because, uh, you know, what we're, what I'm, have been discovering and am reminded of almost daily is that, you know, we're, 
we're like, for instance, we just had a customer focus group uh, on with my client, and and the big aha moment was discovering that the client was actually using, or excuse me, the the customer of our client was using the reports that our client generated to inform other aspects of their business. And so then it started this whole conversation. Was, oh, well, if you had this information in the report, would that make things easier? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, that would save, like you can actually do that. That would save so much time on our end. So it was, it, it, that wouldn't, that insight wouldn't have been there if we hadn't have been in conversation with the customer and trying to figure out what it is that they're trying to do um, and how we can help them get there. And it's the ripple effect. It's so cool that by helping your clients, they're able to pass that on to their cl- uh, customers and it's just mm-hmm. upstream and downstream. It just makes it easier. And the ultimate end goal is that the companies that you're helping, the organizations or agencies you're helping, I mean, they want to better serve their clients. And I think that is just so cool that you're able to start with that mindset and it just trickles down. Absolutely. Well, Sean, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? <laughs> sure. Let's okay. do it. As, uh, as our listeners know, this is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips that can inspire our listeners to move forward. So, Sean, I'd like you to pick one and share with our listeners. Do you have a particular movie, book, it can be a song, play, and I'm going to add to this cultural experience that inspired you to move forward? Well, yes. I, and picking one is tough. That is tough. Think, it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone probably says that. Like, oh, just one. I think, you know, I've been on lots I of find, trips. I find that people either know it immediately and they just they can just say it right off the top of their head or the, it's the opposite where it's like, oh, that's a tough one. And they and sometimes I have guests who, who kind of push the rules and want to share too. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go for it. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, I did do some thinking beforehand. Um, you know, of all the trips that have made a difference for me and for all the movies that I've seen that have really moved, moved me and, and of all the books that I've read that have really inspired me, there is actually one book that pops up to the top that really, it, I, I could say that when I finished that book, it was a turning point in how I viewed what I did. And on top of that, of all the books I've ever recommended, it's been the most appreciated book that I've ever recommended to the people uh, who've read it. So hold, hold on, you know, hold on. I, I got to interrupt here. I have to yeah. say you're really, really good at building suspense. Like really, <laughs> like seriously, this is like epic. And, and I, I'm building the delay because I know that our moving forward <laughs> listeners are like white knuckling it. Like what's Sean going to say? What's this book? So uh, what's I'm, I'm, I'm going to tease it out a little bit more. So this is like the most epic book that Sean is going to share. So please go for it. Well, the the kicker is that the title of it is the it's the least sexy title of any book I've ever <laughs> read. It sounds like a textbook, but the name of the book is Value Based Fees, and it's by uh, I believe his name is Alan Weiss. I know his last name is Weiss. I can't remember if it's Alan or Michael. I know I know too many Alan Weisses and too many Michael <laughs> Weisses, so I get them confused. Um, but it is a it's a book that that really showed me, uh, despite the title. It's actually all about stepping into your own potential as a business person and a consultant. And he approaches it through the, through the lens of how much do you charge? And he's sort of saying that you, know, you can go in with an, an hourly rate, but uh, you know, ultimately 
that is totally diminishing the contribution that you're having on your clients and your customers, and it and it could be placing a a unintentional conflict into your relationship. And I, and I had never considered that before. I, I, I always thought, oh yeah, you know, you go into a, a client and you charge a hundred dollars an hour or whatever it is, and and I had never really considered that. Oh wait a minute, by doing that, my motivation is to increase the number of hours I work. And my client's motivation is to decrease the number of hours that I work. And he talked about the personal shift required to get out of that mindset and start talking about the value that you create as a consultant and what that value really looks like to the customer. You know, if we make this change or this move, how much do you think this will actually save you or or how much more revenue do you think you'll generate by making that move? And then... And only then, once you have that really crystallized, going in and saying, okay, well, you know what? Why don't I charge you know, just a, a portion of that savings or a, a portion of that newly generated revenue, um, which really frees you up to not be limited to sort of a very confining you know, time and materials structure. Because yeah. it, um, you know, it, I would, not that nobody wins, but you can't. It's my take that you can't win as much. Everybody could win more uh, by taking a, a new look at it. And um, I think it was, a, it was really huge for me, too, to also, you know, he's, he really stresses in the book, there's a personal transformation that has to occur because you have to look inside and actually sort of say, hey, I'm worth it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's that, you know, you, you can only have that conversation with yourself when you're ready and I was looking for that when someone recommended that book to me. And I read it, and I, I mean, I, shot, I, I literally took off like a rocket afterwards. Awesome. So share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. I am a, a basic to-do list guy. Uh, I do have – I put the things that I need to get done uh, – up at the top and the things that I, I can sort of push down and, and maybe delay to tomorrow toward the bottom. So I don't know. I would actually say if anybody has any time management tips for me, please, please tweet them to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And favorite app, website, and I'm going to add to this, or productivity hack that proved to be a game changer for you? I live by my calendar. So, for so, me, so calendar is it uh, the one on your phone? Paper calendar? What's your what's your tool of choice? I'm I'm using Google Calendar, and That's I've got it. One. Yeah, networked across all of my devices: my iPad, my iPhone, my laptop. Um, it's it is it's one of those things where uh, if I, and again, I'm not the best at scheduling, but I can guarantee that if it's on the calendar at a particular time, I'm working on it at that time, which I think is, um, again, you, got, you, you have to sort of develop a strong relationship to your calendar. You know, you got you to maintain the integrity of that thing. Um, but I can also guarantee that if it's not on my calendar, the chances of me doing something are way low. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, when I'm, you know, when I'm at work, I'm telling people, hey, make sure this gets on my calendar or... Uh, remind me to put this on my calendar. That's sort of like my mantra of like, is this on my calendar? Um, because it just, that it, it helps me. I, I, I think what I've learned by doing that is that I actually have more time in the day than I realize. I spend, before I had the calendar, I was spending a lot of time thinking about how much time I didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I, 
which well, eats into really the time that you do have, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So once I embraced the calendar and said, hey, you know what? If something says I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to somebody at noon, I'm going to talk to them at noon. Um, once I really got, got straight on that, it has been, I, I have more time to do stuff than, than I, I don't know. I, I mean, it seems like I almost like tripled my time. So that's been a big thing for me. Yeah. Actually, James Carberry, who I had uh, recently on the show, and he hosts the B2B Growth Show, and he works in the B2B space. One of his recommendations was very similar. He said he actually uses his calendar as his to-do list. So he basically replaced the to-do list using his calendar. And he says, really, it helps with the prioritization as well as the time management. And it really forces him to make sure that whatever is on that list gets done. So I think that's a great share. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Sean, so imagine we have listeners from many different backgrounds, all different walks of life, and some of whom may be struggling. They may be at the point and, you know, they may have started a business and they may have hit that plateau point. Or they may be in a career that's just not getting them up and excited every day, and they're experiencing too many of those drag-down Mondays every day of the week. So what is one thing that Moving Forward listeners can start doing today to really push the needle and get them on the right track? Um, I, I, uh, and so I'm, I'm hesitant to say this because I don't, I don't want anybody's, uh, you know, spouse or or parent or, you know, boss to come back and. I tell you, if you're uh, hesitant to say it, that means you have to say it. Yeah, well, I I would say the biggest thing is if if you're in a job or if you're in a some sort of situation that is bringing you down, like you can't find the joy in it, uh, get out. And it 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 is it is scary to say that or to think about that possibility, but. Sort of going back to that that moment that I shared about you know sort of when I was approaching that quote unquote you know potentially uh, uh, rough patch um, you know I just had to, I had to create the space yeah. for what's possible in the future and and if you're spending a lot of time doing something that you you don't love or that doesn't jazz you up uh, that has ripple effects Absolutely. and and it and it and it holds you back from you know, because it's not just oh, I work at a, at a you know job that doesn't inspire me from nine to five. Because when you get, you know, when you get out of the office, then you got to drive an hour, you know, commute where you're saying, oh, crap, I have this, you know, crappy commute for a job that I don't even like. And then you get home and you have to take two hours to unwind and, um, you know, have a glass of wine or whatever. And and it 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 there's just a a huge huge impact on your entire life and um i i think i think the the one thing i could say is you know if if you're in that situation if you're in that job take the risk take the jump get out and see what happens because if if you latch on to something that really moves you it really touches you it really inspires you uh people are thirsty for that they're hungry for that and they want more of it and so so finding that and sort of taking that leap and 
it's a leap of faith and you just sort of have to trust the universe that it's, you know, you're going to be taken care of at some point. But, um, no, I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel really like a, important. I mean, yeah. Sh- well, Sean, I mean, it's interesting because like, you know, I know you were hesitant to say that but, and you were talking about you don't want to upset anyone's spouse or significant other. But as you were also mentioning, it's a ripple effect, right? If you're not inspired by what you do, it's going to impact other areas of your life and not in a good way. So I think it's really important to have that perspective. And I think for moving forward listeners, I think it's really, really critical you have to have some passion and joy in what you're doing. I mean, not all of it's going to be, you know, 100% all the time great. I mean, there are things that, you know, you may not enjoy about what you're doing. But if you don't have that spark in what it is you're doing, then I think Sean's advice is really, really poignant. And it's really on point. I mean, you have to you have to change it, you have to pivot, you have to shift. Sean did it in his own career. And, you know, and by making those leaps, I mean, that's where the opportunities came. And, And Sean, I think that's really, I think that's really just an important takeaway from your story today. It's also, if I could add one thing, it's also been whenever I've taken that leap or taken that jump, that, um, that period, that gap that I jump into is also the most alive and most invigorated and most fulfilled. Yeah. (laughs) Like the, that that I that I feel um, there's there's something about it that you just can't find anywhere else. Yeah, I, I had Tanya Luna, who's a surpriseologist, and she's given the TED talk on this several months ago, and she talks about this. I mean, your life is not meant to be a comfortable, predictable pattern. I mean, having surprise, unpredictability, even that little bit of uncertainty that kind of gets us in the uh, fear zone a little bit. That's what makes us alive. That's what makes us human. And it sounds like you've been able to embrace that. And I think, you know, I've been able to embrace that a lot more in my own journey. And for our listeners, I mean, that's not something that should hold you back, right? And I love, I love the way you phrase that. And I love the way you articulated that, because I think that is also really important. And that's all also part of making those pivots, those shifts and those change changes so that you can find what it is that really, really inspires you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sean, what is next for you? Oh, great question. I am, it, the fact of the matter is I love my job. <laughs> I really do. It sounds cheesy, but I, I love being here. So I think there's a, a, lot of, a lot of growth and development that I can continue to do. I mean, I, my, my focus is, is really honing my skill to be able to cause somebody to see something in a way that it literally alters their life forever. So I'm practicing right now getting really good at, you know, generating a distinction or whatever you want to call it for somebody so that their life is, you know, they can continue to like grow, develop and love their life. So um, I'm, I'm in a good spot here to do that. I think within that, uh, one thing that I'm I'm really excited about is I have have started a podcast, which is actually how you and I connected. Absolutely, um, and actually, I want I want you to share. Can you talk a little bit about the podcast? Uh, you know what it's about, and uh, share with our listeners kind of your your goal with the show. Absolutely, absolutely. So so the premise is a millennial me uh, goes out and interviews the leaders of today in preparation for leading tomorrow, and and, and I'm really curious about sort of the wisdom. I think this is, this is a, uh, a place for people to pass on wisdom 
to a future leader of cohort or a future cohort of leaders. And I'm really excited about it because we also approach it through the lens of some of the biggest challenges that our society is going to face coming up. So, for instance, um, our first episode, we talked to the chief scientific officer of Pepsi and the executive dean of the University of Phoenix and, and a few other senior level folks about the STEM talent gap. There are going to be 430 million science, technology, engineering, and math jobs in the year 2020. But the way our current system is set up, our education system and our, our in- industrial system is set up, we're only going to have about 150 million people who can fill those jobs. So there's this huge gap of what's going to be needed versus what we have. And there are already a lot of smart people and a lot of companies who are looking at how to span that gap. So we got to sit down and talk with a few of them about what's important to look at and, and what are we going to need to change about the way we do things now uh, in order to be better prepared for the future tomorrow. And so, so continuing that thread, we've got another episode coming out soon about the future of government. Uh, time-wise, we just uh, saw the, the Brexit, uh, yeah. you know, Britain's exit from the European Union, or at least the referendum to exit from the European Union. And we talked to a couple of people who spend a lot of time thinking about the future. Um, so futurists talking about the future of government and what happens when the voice of the people, which is theoretically supposed to be informing the actions that government takes, what happens when those two things diverge, when the government is no longer supporting the voice of the people? And how can future government structures or institutions be built to make sure that we maintain the purity of that relationship between the voice of the people and the group that governs it. So it's super cool stuff. Um, I love sort of spending time talking to people and just having, have, having them share with us like what is possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the podcast. Fantastic. And again, you're building up the suspense. So for our listeners, the name of the podcast? Holy smokes. <laughs> I'm just so naturally... You're really good at building the suspense, <laughs> yeah. Sean, I have to so, tell you. So, just so natural at that. Um, the name of the podcast is called Pushing the Perimeter. Awesome. And we'll have that posted on our website. Sean, how can our listeners connect with you, learn more about the work you're doing, and your podcast? Uh, well, right now, the best way to connect with me is actually on Twitter. So you can, you can tweet me or follow me at Sean Fallen. Uh, that's S-E-A-N-F-O-L-L-I-N. Um, or uh, the podcast, uh, you can email um, pushingtheperimeter at theclearing.com. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll have all of that posted on our website. Sean, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join me today to share your story, your knowledge bursts, so that our listeners can be inspired to move forward. Uh, thank you very much. It's been an honor. Moving forward, listeners, what a great episode. I love Sean's story. Think about all of the different experiences that he has had over the years, starting out as a baker, becoming an entrepreneur, running his own consultancy at 22, and now working as a management consultant at The Clearing, working with government agencies to make them more efficient. And I think what Sean pointed out today is really important, line of sight. 
not every day is going to be easy. Not every day or every morning you're going to get up and think, okay, I'm ready to conquer the day. You'll have some off days, but having that line of sight is really what keeps you going. It's that really that bigger picture, that vision of what it is that I'm doing and why. And the other end of that, I love the other side of that is when Sean talked about if you're not feeling inspired or if you're feeling like every day is a Monday and not a good Monday, get out, make that pivot, make that shift. Again, line of sight is what should be guiding you so that you can get through not only and celebrate the good days, but get through the tough ones as well. And to learn more about Sean and all of the great work that he's doing with The Clearing and his podcast and all of our extraordinary guests, check us out at bemovingforward.com. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.